0: everyone this next video is with Marco Visconti I want to give you a bit of background here so a couple of weeks ago I was doing an interview a conversation with Nathaniel Gillis and we were talking about kind of spirits and their influences and um, the topic came around to Lamb and Crowley and the influence of spirits had through Crowley and, and on onto modern culture And really, I wanted to explore that idea a lot more. Um, So I thought the best thing to do was to reach out to somebody who knows an awful lot about it. So I got in touch with Marco Visconti. A true renaissance man, Marco is a London-based antiques and rare book trader. He's also a consultant, a lecturer, a music producer and a DJ. He is, of course, a thelemite and a Freemason. And has been a member of the international esoteric community for over two decades. We go through a lot. In this, in this hour, we go through Lamb, of course, Iowas, uh, Crowley in the Book of the Law and the receiving of the Book of the Law. We talk about Aeonyx. We talk about kind of internet myths, about Jack Parsons and portals and how it's not really reflective of the truth. We talk about the Alamantra working. We go through the ontological meaning of, of spirits. What are they? Where do they come from? What do they represent? Are they aspects of the psyche or are they external entities, does it matter? And Marco takes us through his own personal experiences um, in his experiments with spirits, Nicoditha, and, uh, and we touch on the OTO as well. So there's a lot there, it's a very enjoyable hour. Without further ado, I'll hand you over to Marco.
1: Um, so first of, all, well, well, that's uh, like the, that's the, in the the bombshell question right away. Um, well, we need a little bit of um, a little background, pretty much. Uh, first of all, most people maybe don't really understand that Crowley came to realize the importance of the transmission, the importance of the transmission of the Book of the Law some years later that he received it. Like, you know, the history goes that, you know, in Cairo, in 1904, uh, between the days, you know, 8 to the 10th of April, he received the communication because a few days before, after, in fact, like two weeks before, over the equinox, spring equinox, having having done a ritual to, you know, to to open up to, to, to the equinox of the gods. And then it's when uh, like uh, Rose, his first wife, actually uh, guides him in the Bullock Museum to the still of revealing and tells him they are waiting for you. And since Rose was absolutely divorced from any magical interest, Crowley takes this as a, as a sort of an, an important message because why is my wife that has no interest in magic? And in fact, I almost... Went with her because I wanted like a break from all my years that I spent in, in, in the romantic Order of the Golden Dawn. And, and and Crowley, let's remind us that Crowley I mean, got expelled by the Golden Dawn. He had this fight with William Butler Yeats. He tried to get him to Blyth Road and was like thrown down the stairs and then... Because we think he was acting for on behalf of MacGregor Mathers, but then Mathers like rejected him as well. I mean it's a bit of a it's an interesting story makes from a, from an interesting movie that has not been done yet. But I I still have hopes that BBC will do something one day. So anyway, imagine like so, there's more like this Crowley that almost wants to have like a break from magic, goes on a, on a on a on his honeymoon and his wife, again divorced from anything magic. Uh, just tells him no. You've got to go back to it, <laughs> because they are waiting for you. And then again, the story goes that he does sit down, and as he he reads every day, every day from noon to one, and he hears this voice coming from 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 the back of his, uh, of, his uh, of his shoulders as he was sitting at the desk, dictating in a very, they say like his diary says that he dictates in a, in a in an English. Uh, in English in English tongue, but without any sort of inflection, not like my accent right now, which is a Italian accent, like a completely like, like neuter English accent. It dictates the, books, the Book of the Law, the three chapters. Now, before moving on to the bombshell question of Lahm, um, Crowley, uh, Crowley says that, that this entity that was dictating the Book of the Law to him, wait a second, <laughs> the the book of the law for him uh, is this entity called Ivas. Now Ivas is a name that, to my knowledge, uh, was it, it's not found anywhere else in any in any text, in any Gnostic text, in any Egyptian text, in any anything. Let's say magical. It's it's something that clearly heard for the first time. And we need to make a stop here because, first of all, not only Crowley itself in his diaries writes that I was could have been I was. like So basically almost like a um, an expression of his inner self connected with the idea of the Holy Guardian Angel. Mm-hmm. And, and again, even the idea of the Holy Guardian Angel, which is so central in Thalema because it's there's basically three steps in Telemic initiation only. It's the, the step of first initiation, when as, as one is a neophyte, then there's a step of the knowledge and conversation with the Holy Guardian Angel, the step of adepthood when you become an adept, and then the crossing of the Abyss and the becoming of Master. Now, the knowledge and conversation with the Holy Guardian Angel is both so important but also very difficult to really pinpoint because Crowley himself speaks of the Garden angel in many ways as in like a, as an external being as an ascended master as a as a uh, fraction of the magician's psyche uh, and these then over the years uh, these ideas have been picked up by these or other you know commentators and successive magician And you have, for instance, like a school that goes for a strict uh, psychological model, and that is like, you know, all of this is just parts of our psyche that we haven't really uh, explored, so that I was, was, I was, as in like something that was before, like, you know, the reptilian brain, or... Uh, yeah, like archetypes, you know, archetypal realities into our brains. So that ties very nicely with certain sort of Jungian and even Joseph Campbell views of what mysticism and magic is. Then there's a, there's other schools that goes no 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 no. These these holy guardian angels are ascended masters, like actual beings that have been walking on this earth. And uh, at one day, at some point they ascend the desert. And it's almost like a theosophical view of way of seeing these things, right? So it goes back, harkens back more to um, um L- Blavatsky and Hani Bizant and the do better, those those ideas like no the masters they were on this earth, they went somewhere else, and now they're communicating back to us mm-hmm. to try and raise you know the human consciousness onto the next stage. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, again, like, when we read a Crowley's diaries, Crowley's, for a while, for a while, was thinking, no, it's just my psyche, for a while, for a, for a moment, he even thought that he met Ivas in the flesh, like a Samuel Ben Ivas, a guy named Samuel Ben oh, Ivas. No, 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 yeah, absolutely. He Man. met him. He speaks, yeah, yeah, he speaks at length about it in Confessions. It's written, and I don't have the page now, but it's there, like Google, Google helps in these cases. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's, the the holy guardian angel what what it is and um it's it's a big it's a big mystery in many ways it's a mystery that from my perspective what I tend to say whenever people ask me the question it's a mystery for each individual um initiate to answer for themselves mm-hmm. i have my i have my own answer i have my own model i i personally do not really um agree with the psychological model because it's to me it's almost like too neat in a way to try and to try and explain yeah. everything by psychology and what i've seen over the years is that when you strictly adhere to a psychological model of magic mm-hmm. you almost strip away magic from magic <laughs> you know and uh, yeah. you see I, this is something that i've seen a lot in the um, in the modern incarnation of the american ODO, the california you know the California, the Californians, which are not the crazy neo fascist of the, you know, Florida. It's more like the Californians are cool. They're a bit hippish and they like, and they like their, they like their, their magic to be uh, psychological, which means yes, it's it's magic, but it's not really magic because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it just does. And you know, this also strips thelem of a lot of a lot of experience, and uh, and and tends to let people not to do magic anymore because yeah. at the end of the day, it's just it's just another kind of psychology, right? So yeah, now. Now, that said, like we already, unfortunately, as some people don't know me, I tend to go places very easily, and I get, but if I do, just just put me back into, into yep. the, the path. Uh, so now, now on to Lam. Lam is an interesting character for many reasons. Uh, I would say one of the most important, what, what is Lam? Okay, um, Lam is first and foremost a painting. The Crowley made, uh, if I'm not mistaken, nineteen. Well, after 1918, so 1999. Uh, of this, what by all means on? If you look at it from from the perspective of you know men and women living in 2019, almost 2020. Actually, it's the future. Um, it's a grey alien, right? Like this, yeah. this weird almond-shaped head with big eyes, and of course, in 1918. Almost well almost forty years before the Roswell event uh mm-hmm. and the first you know alien uh mainstream known event mm-hmm. we they probably didn't know that what the grays were the alien, the alien grays were so so this painting in fact that he that he, he called lamb um is something that um while it's not precisely evident in the in the diaries it's something that's very much possibly connected with the amalantra working Mm -hmm. now the amalantra working is one of the most important operations that Crowley ever did and when i speak about operations i speak you know magical rituals of sexual nature because when we speak about Contacting higher intelligences in telema and in general, I would say i'm biased of course, because I'm a telemetry tele- magician, but in general it's, it's you use sex magic you, because you want to use a very potent engine of um, noses in order to attain higher status of consciousness that you can also attain in other ways through the use of of actually very um, you know for fasting of extreme prayer, extreme devotion. Um, through pain, through drugs, but the idea of sex magic is that each man and each woman, has a, 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 into onto its, unto its themselves, has a, such a strong engine of noses because sex is such a strong catalyst. Mm-hmm. So what what Crowley does, uh, the, does in uh, 18 uh, between eighteen fifteen and eighteen eighteen sixteen, 1818, my my, my dates are a bit uh, wonky tonight, but around those two years, he he does this this protracted working with a series of actually very important characters in, in Telemic history, because he was there. Frederick Akkad, Charles Stalstable so Jones, was working on it as well. Roddy Min, sorry, Haita, was uh, working there, and she was one of Crowley's scholar Women, so definitely somebody that really inspired Crowley in his, right. his working. And this was a long uh, series of messages and a long series of um, transmissions with, with an entity called the Wizard Amalantra, capitalized wizard, so like something someone important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you can put like a link, it's online, uh, it, people can go and read it. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting, uh, very coherent, very visionary. Not as visionary as, uh, you know, uh, liber 418, the vision and voice would be later, yeah, and the vision and voice, like the 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 um, the Enochian operations that Crowley did with Victor Neuburg in the desert of Busada, mm-hmm. which is so important for Telema because it's. It's it's the Telemic Apocalypse, and it's the link between the Eon of the Father that ends with the, the vision of Joseph Patmos of Apocalypse, and so mm-hmm. and it, and then it, it be, and then you, you have the vision of Crowley in Neuburg, which is the same Apocalypse, but from a Telemic perspective, instead of ending, mm-hmm. is an Apocalypse of beginning, right? A, because remember, Apocalypse means revelation, so instead of a revelation of ending, is a revelation of beginning, and in in, in 418 in uh, the vision and the voice, you have the vision of Babylon which is so important for the Lama that, yeah. I mean, we, we're not going to discuss that. Back to <laughs> Um So, this, this LAM is connected, uh, it's painted after the Amalanta working, and in fact, m- important Telemma like Kenneth Grant and Michael Staley, which is um, uh, was basically Kenneth Grant um, Maybe secretary, that's a correct term, but definitely the person that uh, was organizing Starfire, Starfire, the uh, Tifonian um, journal, and then Starfire Publishing. They have been telling again and again that according to Kenneth Grant's memories in remembering Lester Crowley, uh, Grant relates that in 1945, Crowley invited him to choose a picture from his portfolio Mm -hmm. and Grant chose the lamb picture yeah and apparently grow is a, oh, I was so <laughs> I, I, okay yeah, yeah yeah yeah, exactly, so so in a way, if we have to believe grant and i was i mean I, I exchanged letters with him back two thousand two when I was translating against the light in Italian mm-hmm. um, and like I asked the question he insisted yes, that's what Crowley told me <laughs> and uh, still. So, and I have no reason to believe that Grant was lying about it. Mm-hmm. One, a lot of people in you know, like since Grant decided to 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 switch the dilemma in a more almost like ufological direction okay. and contact this direction, leaving behind so the psychological model we spoke before, going in a more mystical way, if yeah. you want. If you want. Uh, of course, so these detractors uh, kept saying, "Of course, uh, Grant would say the lamb, lamb was Iva." So lamb was so important because the cult of lamb became such a fundamental bit of the Typhonian tradition. Right uh, from my from my perspective, I never met Grant in the flesh. But I, I exchanged letters with him, and I have no reason to believe at all. I mean, he was the perfect English gentleman in, right. in these letters. So I have no reason to believe that he, he ever liked If he says so, I believe it. Right. And it makes, it makes a lot of sense in many ways that this lamb could be Ivas, so it could be one of the same, because, again, this con- this, the, there were there are three from the, the three A's that appear in in, in That's um, Ivas, of course, then Amalantra, and then another another wizard, abudis These three are by all means the idea of the secret chiefs, like you know the, the ascended master of the third order. And in Telemic lore, in Telemic uh, well, let's say, like, in Telemic uh, philosophy. To become a member of the third order means that you, you cross the abyss. And uh, you know, crossing the abyss is not like you go you go somewhere <laughs> and, and you cross a chasm. Like you <laughs> you ascend to the to to the planes in your own initiation, that to that level where you have complete mastery of magic mm-hmm. and you make the decision of leave the complete mastery behind. So leave that um, that union, that that what makes you in a way at the height of your power at the height of your understanding leave everything behind dissolve your ego and your power into the cup of babylon and be reborn as nemo no one mm-hmm. under uh, in the city of the pyramids under the night of pan mm-hmm. this is very very mystical and very flowery mm-hmm. to to see, from my understanding, as someone who doesn't claim to have crossed the abyss, I guess I'm pretty much one of the last people to say, no, I haven't done that yet. Because everybody, yeah, of course I've done of course i crossed the abyss. Yeah, of course everybody. Yeah, like, I, I have a list of people that crossed the abyss and then, um, let's say, maybe they don't really throw them in there every day. But, you know, let's not go there. Uh, so, anyway, I... I well, from from the perspective of someone that actually I've been working towards that, if you if you wish mm-hmm. to say that, but I'm I'm I haven't done it. I'm not I'm not even I would say I'm not even at, at the step immediately before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I still have a little bit to go from my perspective. Mm-hmm. But my point is that in order to do that, well, my understanding is that when you do that, when you become no one on the other side of the beast, you almost like join into a network of um, shared consciousness. So, Amalantra, Ivas, Abu Islam—they are different, but they're also the same because they are—they are all Nemo. They are all No One. Right. And in to be Nemo, No One is also Pan, everything. You know okay. that the idea—you know—beyond the abyss, you 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 find because we always remember that, that Kabbalistically, beyond the abyss, we're talking of the sphere of Bina understanding but we are not even close to we still have to go to hokma and keter and then godhood that is nuit it's even beyond keter so Mm -hmm. yeah we are across the abyss we have annihilated duality or maybe we're actually facing the final polarity of existence that is nothing and everything so nemo pan right um i don't know i don't know how, how Weird, this is sounding <laughs> because okay, we just we just dived into uh, right. advanced telemic
0: mysticism. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I I mean it's it's um it's it's really interesting, you know. Um, and right. you're, you're actually helping pulling a lot of um, you're joining a lot of telemic dots for me, um, which is which is really uh, really appreciated. Good. Um, okay. 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 Um, what? What Wait, I thought... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, please, please. The bit that kind of um that I find remarkable about kind of what we're describing is that when you look at say from kind of like the the the, the internet version of kind of the history of Telema and how it's in, in influenced culture where you have the the say the amalantra workings, the idea that crowley being the master magician was able to kind of open and close a portal um mm-hmm. that Kind of a couple of you know twenty odd years later, when Jack Parsons was 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 doing the Babylon workings, then he opened a portal but couldn't quite close it. And That was like forty six, mm-hmm. and then in forty seven, you had the first sighting of of the UFOs, flying saucers the Cascade Mountains, and the whole thing about like lamb looking like um like gray. Um, I mean, this the, massive leaps to pull these, you know, pull these all together. But it's an extraordinary kind of it's an extraordinary kind of current that runs through modern um, modern history uh, and kind of the influence that that Lamb or Iowa's may have actually had on 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 modern um, society and the way uh, the the way culture has changed since Parsons sent his first rocket up. That's that that I find absolutely incredible. Um, I mean,
1: you know, like one of the reasons why I, I I am a telemite, uh, it's because I do believe there is a proof in the world we live mm. of the idea of of, of of what to read of the Onovorus of, of the Ion of the Child would be like. And it in in the book of the law it is said that it's gonna be a, a era of transformation, of of conflict, of people coming to realize uh, their and having to face their inner fears and and find ways to overcome it, but it also like being the end of a child, it, it will it will also be a near great upheavals because what what does what does a child do? Takes his toys and throws throws them around. So it's going to be yeah. very very a very different era from almost mm-hmm. like the structural patriarchal mm-hmm. almost like monolithic society. Yeah. And not I mean things change before. Course, we have history of proof, but like very slowly and over time. And then when we look at the time from 1904 up to mm-hmm. now, as you were mentioning, there's always been like this uh, astronomical, exponential, almost growth like you know, like science yeah. and uh, technology and whatnot. What I kind of cringe a little bit when I read uh, online as well, like you know, the 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 thing, you know, the, the opening of the portals, so you yeah. could you you do things that cannot go back, and it's interesting because for
0: That's reasons. To post, post. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: like it it is such um, you know, it is such like a almost a Hollywood movie level of understanding of things. Sure. It's make it it makes for a beautiful, uh, for a beautiful almost like a video clip if you wish, and uh, but it's from my perspective as somebody who's been working with these yeah. energies, it's not that you <laughs> know like. Yeah. There there's no portals that opens and yeah. closes because there's no portal. Yeah. Things come I mean because there's not here nor there. If there's only a oneness and the percep- the perception of here or there is an illusory perception because we are we're rooted mm. into the experience of matter and the experience of matter makes sense. We make sense of this experience by perceiving duality. So perceiving the, the the me and the you, the other and and the and the and the self, mm-hmm. even the space and time. So mm-hmm. of course it's beautiful to have this idea of these crazy magicians that open portals and and then they can not close them anymore. And then you know they bring in all the change. But to me it's more like yes. There, because I do believe in the concept of aionics, yeah. like the like idea that things change yes. over time. And for, and for those who are listening to us, maybe they're thinking, what the hell is aionics? The idea of you know, eons mm-hmm. that are both periods of time, but also the law of nature. Mm-hmm. And as, as eons succeed one way or another, the laws of nature, the way we understand reality, change with them. And so, you know, like, yes, I do believe that in 1904, Crowley received um, communication, and then he did a series of operations in order to strengthen that communication. Um, and I do believe that uh, that Parsons did the same, possibly mm. at a at a way less level of understanding of of, yeah. of Crowley. Yeah. Uh, so basically, basically, you know, he did he did uh, he did attract strange energies that then maybe he wasn't able to really. Um, control mm. anymore i do i do believe you you can mm-hmm. chew more than you can bite yeah exactly see That's, <laughs> yeah. um but um at the same time the idea that you open you open a portal and something comes in again this is very interesting because it has become this image has become so pervasive in um you know, in pop culture, yeah. that people as diverse as I don't, David Lynch, you know, in in the return in the last season of Twin Peaks, yeah, the one we all waited twenty five years, and then we, I mean, I was, and then yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is different, <laughs> and then, and then you know, you go to episode eight, mm-hmm. which is the one where he basically, I guess, I mean, he basically uses the 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 the, the Parsons Babylon working in mm-hmm. order to show the birth of Bob, like the the evil in this world. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, this is, this is fantastic because I say like, this is a narrative that definitely has stuck so much into pop culture that goes and went to inspire artists, it went to inspire, you know, or, um, movie makers or writers or whatnot. Yeah. But I think it's such a, it's almost like, it's almost like, um, such an easy way to understand what really is, because for me it's still it's almost seeing as something that is that's very groundbreaking, but still trying to fit it in a in an old mold. Like imagine like you know somebody who's um, and I'm gonna say something being not a physicist, but imagine so imagine bringing the the string theory. Newton and trying to tell Newton, which actually we, we 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 he did a lot for us and for our understanding of science. I imagine bringing him in the string theory, and it's like, oh, and we 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 would try to fit him into his mold. Yeah, but that's so much more advanced than it that it's 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 not that you know. Yeah, sure. But there's another thing to say that uh, going back to Lam, um, when I when we started this, this this chat, we you know we say that. You know, LAM looks like a gray, right? But now let's go back to it. He also looks at, at something very different, and the, it literally looks like a giant phallus entering something, <laughs> like you know. So is it is it is it is it Crowley being Crowley and just being instead of showing the the yeah. the face of the entity, it just shows the way of contacting the entity because what? we know as a fact that Crowley uses. Both heterosexual and homosexual magical rights, in order to get into this. And if you look at if you look at lam, yeah. it literally looks yeah. like a giant phallus entering either you know a vagina or an anus. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. There's no way around it. <laughs> uh, so you know, and Crowley was well known to be uh, a bit funny about this, yeah. thing right? like trying to be trying to be Crowley about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. so. And this is what I mean when, from time to time, it's easy to see to do. Well, we all we'll, we we'll like our aesthetics. I mean, I love my one of the reasons why I'm still so tied to a lot of Crowley's kind of magic is because I love everything Victorian and I love everything bombastic. But that's aesthetic, you know. In many yeah. ways, I in many ways I don't. That's not my magic. Mm-hmm. I just keep doing some rituals like that because I like the aesthetics. And we all are. We all like our aesthetics, and we all like the idea of om. Oh, most, you know, finally living out in a world where I mean, maybe I speak for myself, but maybe not living in a world where um, we can enact our the books we read or the movies we watch. Oh, yeah. The reality, the, the reality is that magic and mysticism tend to go and touch on much, much deeper mm-hmm. uh, experiences that most of the time we don't have the the aesthetics for it and we don't have the words for it. Yeah. And I would say, this is the kind of um, experiences that Crowley and Parsons went on doing when they, when they tried to contact this, this third order level intelligences, yeah. like the secret chiefs, the secret masters. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that, that, that's in a nutshell, I would say, yeah. like really, 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 really in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That was, that was really interesting. Um, I just wanted to ask you uh, one other thing. You mentioned um, we were sort of chatting about um, the kind of the some aspects, or, or kind of the Californian view of, of Thelima, um and in that um, the spirits that people are engaging with, or, or magical aspects of it broadly, are um, kind of psychological, or kind of and i've I've heard people say that uh, about say like the Goethe as well that they're kind of like their aspects of one's yeah. of one's psyche when you say kind of um that you don't necessarily subscribe to that um perception um that you felt it's a quite way a neat way of, of tying it up um yeah. or safe way of tying it up. Uh, no, very
1: definitely a very safe way of yeah. of, of it up. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's what it really struck me when I heard that first. I thought that's kind of that's a nice way of kind of like um putting blanks in the gun really. Um I mean when we look at the, the psychological
1: model, um and again, like I say, like all all these entities are part of our psyche, yeah. It, I mean that doesn't mean that it could not you could not go and face very dark part of yourself, very mm-hmm. dark part and that that actually, you know, uh creates Severe, severe imbalances in yourself. Mm. The real, my reality, my experience tells me, however, that that's not it. Like the demons, the demons of the Goetia. First of all, I mean, even the concept of Goetia is such a simplification. Like I suggest everybody to go and read the Encyclopedia Goetica. There are like many books written by Jack, Jake Stratton Kent on the subject, uh, especially Sophia. They're all on Scarlet Imprint. Um, okay. They were, they, were released, they were released some years ago, like 2010, I think. So then, they're almost 10 years old now. But basically, Jake Strachan, long-time magician, uh, long-time telemite. I don't think he considers himself a telemite anymore. But he was one of the people behind the new Equinox here in the UK in the 80s and 90s. He worked with other people in trying to establish the new Eon English Kabbalah. Uh, so, I mean, a I've really been been doing the work forever and eventually he start in the last few years he started going very deep into anything well goetic but what is what is done he basically reestablished the history of Go- goisha understanding where it comes from understanding the fact that these demons they 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 they're not that <laughs> they're not 72 they're more they're connected you know yeah. Tonic days, the 80s coming from Asia Minor, so possibly yeah. it's, it's it's those spirits are more of uh, um, a remembrance of a cult that was before, and we don't have anything left, yeah. If yeah. not this, these little hints in in grimoires from the Middle Ages and onwards. Yeah. Now that said, uh, accepting that even the term Goisha is very contentious in many ways. Even if we and we see that as a, um, uh, as, a um, as a as a catalogue of spirits, those spirits, from my from my experiences and I work with them, um, they are not parts of my psyche. I mean, they can they can represent some of the things that are in, that are in every human being, but those are spirits that exist outside me. They're external. And, and, they're external realities, and that is for me the same with whatever we call gods. Mm-hmm. And I would say, for me, it's the same whatever we call the secret chiefs, the secret masters. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely do agree with the idea that these these entities, these egregores, um, are outside. I can I don't know, nor I really have an opinion, nor I really care if mm-hmm. these, these are like you know where ever. Uh, embodied spirits that then they became disembodied if they're like aliens from other places um, I got to a point where I do not worry so much about the ontolo- ontology of it like yeah. what is the spirit'm I'm, I'm interested in the spirit is in in the communication with the spirit yeah. and in what kind of transaction we can complete yeah. what does the spirit want from me what can I get from the spirit mm. um, and in my own in my own uh, personal um, you know experiences and uh, um, experiments, um, I found out that approaching the uh, the ritual, approaching sorry, the communication, which usually is done by virtue of ritual, uh, with this mindset also not only facilitates the, the transaction and the communication, but also can give me that insights on what these things are. Okay. And again, about it's interesting because again about synchronicity is, is that just in this last few days I've been watching this thing on um, Amazon Prime, this series uh, called Hellier, and it's all about yeah. not Siri. I don't want to talk to you, Siri. Just ask me <laughs> if I want to talk to her. No, I don't want to talk to you, Siri. Go away. I know, uh, I know the series. So speaking
0: like about
1: cool. speaking about communication with this, somebody, and this you got Siri there. Um, so anyway, the last few days, I was reading, um this series on Amazon Prime called Hellier. And it's amazing because, I mean, this, this is a made-up fake, uh, fake documentary about, you know, a bunch of American um, ghost hunters getting mm-hmm. into big case, connected with the Mothman prophecies. So mm-hmm. the idea, you know, with aliens, but are they aliens? Or do they come from the stars? Do they come from the Earth? Mm-hmm. What are they? And it's so funny because they mention a person that I know personally, Alan Greenfield. <laughs> Like this guy, uh, ExOdio as well, yeah. he went yeah. on to write a lot of interesting books like and they mentioned this book, which again, I suggest everybody read it's very interesting because it gives a an interesting perspective. The mm-hmm. book is called "The Sequence Cyphers of the UFO Notes." Oh, okay. And the point is, so what are are, are these, these spirits that you can get in touch with? Are they aliens coming from another planet or are they spirits coming from this planet, or are like you know spirit living here right now with us just on a different um different vibration of matter and and space and uh, this also harkens back with a beautiful book written in the 1800s flatland Flatland. you know the old idea that you know if you live uh if you were like a two-dimensional creature yeah like seeing a three-dimensional creature would be something basically invading your space and then disappearing right yeah and but then again so for me again, when 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 people ask me, so are these the demons of the Goisha? Do they are they demons or the aliens? It, it doesn't matter really. Okay. The ontology of the spirits doesn't really matter to me. First of all, because not being you know a god fearing. Uh, christian or muslim or anything like that like i'm i don't i'm i'm not afraid this is going to this going to you know yeah. kill me or or damn my soul because i believe i am in charge of my soul really mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, in in many ways this connection with the connection is what matters you know mm-hmm. and through the connection is what you you can then start perceive more about mm-hmm. the nature of this being Hmm. Deep down, I believe that if I, if I mean, I'm gonna, I, I, I placed the bet with myself many years ago, and that is that if I ever, I, I bet that in the end I will discover that these beings are just me, but not a part, a part of my psyche, a part of the almost the divine cosmic being that I am outside is incarnation. Right. Yeah. So,
0: like but I guess this is oh, okay.
1: very, this is very Zen and very Buddhist in many ways. I think, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I from my perspective, it is also very Islamic.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting there that you mentioned kind of um, that the the Christian and Islamic perspective, because um, kind of having grown up uh, as in a Catholic country and, and um, even kind of not really sitting very well with me from a very early age, it's still imprints. You know, well, uh, you're talking fun. with somebody. You're talking to somebody that was baptized by the Pope, so <laughs>
1: in Rome. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I grew up with that. And you know, what? one one of the things that actually you know made me go onto this path when I was very young, it was some, some almost like a teenage rebellion from you know my background, mm. but only because I mean, growing up in Rome and growing up in a very not not so much in a strict Catholic family, but mm. With family with connections with the Vatican. I also saw all the all the abuses and uh, and you know everything connected with the very earthly reality of the yeah. Catholic Church. Which is very interesting because then you know in the ODO I found pretty much the same. So many years later, on a much smaller scale because they're like uh, forty idiots, but uh that was the same pretty much. In many ways, I always decide. I always I, the, the idea of you know being God fearing and having to live vicariously, you know, to the yeah. salvation of Christ doesn't never sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Over, the, but again, now as a 41 year old man, um, I I went back and I really embraced the Christian message, the more the, the Gnostic Christian message, yeah, which has, which has almost nothing of the you know uh fire and brimstone fear of the of underworld of the of hell, mm-hmm. and it's it's much more alive and of course you know you can you can have very interesting reading of um you know a, a scenes text the Nagamadi library that mm-hmm. see a lot of, of Christ teaching us you know sex mm-hmm. sexo magical and of course n- no Christian will ever accept that ever but <laughs> for me I was like okay no i I, I can get behind that mm-hmm. because I mean, I, I don't know if a Christ existed yeah. uh, historically. It is it is a fact that in that period of time, in that area of uh, in geographical area, there were there were a lot of cults going on. Yeah. that were almost in, in in contrast with the uh, with the empire, the Roman Empire, and a lot of the cults had a lot of the same message there, and this Gnostic message of renewal and uh, spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the idea that you know, if I'm not good, I'm gonna go to 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 hell because I mean, there's there's no hell. Yeah. <laughs> so <Yeah. I> <laughs> <that>. I'm Sorry, if <laughs> people want to go to hell, but even like again, even the, the demons, whatever we we call, we call demons or angels, they mm-hmm. exist here with us mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. just on a different vibrational yeah. and, and yeah. level. Pretty much.
0: I'm. Be, before we before you wrap up you you mentioned there about um your own experiments and kind of working with um the spirits and communicating with them um i'm kind of you know finding kind of what did you want from them what do they want from you what what did what did they want from you i mean if if you're if you're comfortable talking about that oh,
1: absolutely uh, um something that i realized um i mean in my experiences in my experience what what the the kind of transactional um agreement you come with the spirits is always that what the spirits want is a feeling of the embodied because again these are these are disembodied spirit mm-hmm. so they want to feel what it's like to live to mm-hmm. experience the world almost like trapped in in flesh so they're they're very sensual, yeah. sensual. they they need yeah. Uh, they need. Uh, they need. They need the smell. They, they need the five. They need the five senses. They need to yeah. see beautiful things. They need to smell uh, beautiful things. They need to touch beautiful mm-hmm. things, hear, etc. And again, this is why when you translate, when or, or rather when you change cultural lenses and you move, I don't know, either in India or or in Haiti and you have very um, very spiritful religions either in like in in tantrica or in or even in straight up Hinduism, or you go to you know to Haiti and you go to voodoo, the what the spirit wants, they want incense, they want tobacco, they want um, and there's a level of possession. Possession mm-hmm. of course in class in, in the in the in the in the Puritan Christian world we both grew up with, uh, it's seen as a horrible thing. But in so, fact yeah. possession in, in other cultures and again in the magical in the magical world, in in, in the word of, of 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 magical operations and magical experiments, it's about in union with the spirit, letting the spirit overtake you, but not so much as you know becoming a mindless drone. Which is, in fact, I would like to say, this is that is what happens in Haiti in, in voodoo uh, possession. Like the horses, they they most the people that get possessed, they they get ridden by the laws. They, yeah. they do not remember most of the times what they did. My experience is always like, yes, almost like another kind of consciousness overtakes you. Yeah. But it's never, it's never like invasive. It it, it is, it is much of almost like a sexual union. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, what do they want? Is sensual connection, sensuous mm-hmm. connection. Right. Um, this is also why, in my experiences, sex magic. It's very. It's, it's what you need to use in mm-hmm. order to really obtain, uh, obtain these this communications, because not only it is almost like each of us has a nuclear bomb inside, and you all have to harness in order to mm-hmm. to to ride, to, race to the planes. But then, when you get there, that is almost like okay, the spirit's like, oh, yes, it's you. Hi, <laughs> when, <laughs> that, that, that's what I was expecting. Now we can we can communicate. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, uh, I'm, I, it's funny that we're having this discussion of something that's almost never discussed, because this is actually very, in many ways, all the things that people like talk, want to talk about, but never want to ask about, mm-hmm. because I'm talking, I'm, I'm finding myself being so, so for me, speaking about these things, is absolutely easy, like, because I've, I've been doing this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started when I was a teenager. And so for me, it's, almost, it's I would not say six, second nature because I'm so good at it, but it because I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm any good at it, but right. it's almost it's more so because it, it's something that I do because mm-hmm. it's part of my life, yeah. And then you know last like exactly a week ago, I was interviewed on this other channel, on this YouTube channel, uh, true crime kind of thing. Um, and this guy is, is this armchair detective kind of true, true crime fanatic. As was like investigating uh, a murder case in Colorado, mm-hmm. and he wanted super hard to find you know the the esoteric slant of it. And I started talking freely about you know telepathy and whatnot yeah. to, ta- to say you know I actually looked into this case. There's <coughs> no connection whatsoever. And then I realized the comments of other people completely blown out by I don't know the cake of light. Mm. And I was thinking, wow, I I am very open about talking about these things, but. I'm glad that we live in two thousand nineteen because I, I would possibly have been burned at the stake if it was only like 50, 50 years ago because oh, yeah oh, what do you mean what do you mean you don't you don't need the cake of light of course you ah, 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 okay so so yeah I mean it's funny because I mean in a way that experience kind of prompted me to then start my own channel with mm-hmm. my own video then and i'm going to do a series of of i, I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch on various topics, but the first one was like, "God damn it, we're still like, we, we think that the satanic panic of the '80s was only like 30 years ago, and it's in the past." No, 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 no. Like, like, I'm pretty sure that you'll get interesting comments on our conversation. Oh, no, no doubt about
0: it. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean,
1: what do you mean? What, yeah. what do you mean? You letting spirit to touch you? Why not? I mean, what's wrong with that?
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I, actually, I, I I did a couple of uh, of readings from a, a Scarlet imprint um, book on, on gin because that was kind of a, a subject matter that I've been super interested in, uh-huh. uh, and I got some comments just on that. It's like you know you know this is you shouldn't be reading this. This is this is this is evil. It, it, in, right? it, you
1: know, in many in many ways, it's it's really to me it's fascinating. I mean, uh, it's like wow wow the word the word is much more more. more more div- diverse than I thought but for oh, all the wrong reasons.
0: <laughs> because I told I thought we left that behind
1: but no 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 actually not but it's you even
0: know, even quite secular people you know it's it's still in there you know it's like a oh yeah yeah you know, occasionally kind of uh, okay, potentially ill-advised after a few drinks at a, at a work deal, occasionally I start talking about this kind of thing you know but uh-huh. what are you interested in I'm like well <laughs> well, well glad you asked <laughs> uh, uh, you no, but. but quite strong reactions from people who are atheists or very secular there's still something uh, within that, that kind of that kind of abrahamic programming is so strong that uh,
1: yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely it's very true well, again for me for me this is realizing this is it's it's sh- not shocking but maybe maybe yeah maybe we're gonna say shocking because again uh, i spent my life m- you know the the 50 odd years I spent on tour as a musician you know you were living almost in a bubble like you know yeah you were you were you were there and then i came back to it and then i started working at treadmills and you know for 4 years i worked at Threadwells. and that is like only one year ago i i, I moved on to do other things yeah. so for me it's i, I it's almost feel like i be, i'm 41 but i've been in the normal world for only one year and that's like oh everything that i think is normal it's not <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny in many
0: ways yeah, yeah I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it's it's been absolutely awesome to catch up and awesome to to chat through this. I really appreciate your time. On, on, on. Well,
1: i i I think we did touch on on some on some. Uh, oh wow, it's ready. well one hour gone. I <laughs> just realized. Like, I I, don't, I mean, like, um, if you have any other questions, if if you want to you know, come back to this with more specific things, yeah, I'm more than, I'm always happy yeah, to. that be
0: great. that be share great. Share ideas, definitely. Um. And in terms of kind of your, your new uh, YouTube channel, your Patreon, um do you want to talk to that anywhere so people can know where to find you? Sure, absolutely. Um so um
1: I have okay, my my, my website is markovisconti.org and there's a um, series of writings that I've been that I've been publishing there uh, over the last two years about my experience in order Quirantes and everything that went wrong with it. So um maybe there and read about it and if I'm more than happy to discuss about it another time because um, Ordo Demprio was for me was the last bit of my dilemma pedigree that I didn't have because I did everything else and I went into it really wanting to believe that it existed and I ended up realizing what I realized what I know right now that Ordo does not exist it's just like a, almost like a, a, a decoy for Uh, people that want to go to the pub and that's it. There's nothing else there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote about it and I wrote about what is wrong with it Mm -hmm. so people can go there and read. From that experience, I realized a lot of people started to contact me um, because I also run um, events at Treadwells Mm -hmm. uh, here in London, Treadwells Bookshop in Bloomsbury. Uh, It's not just a bookshop, uh, they do also events uh, and over the last four years, no, it's going to be into the fifth year now. I've been running uh, almost like introductory classes on Telemma. One is called uh, Meeting Aleister Crowley, and it's more about uh, uh, focus on the man. One, another is called First uh, First Steps in Telemma. It's more about very simple practices that everybody can do in Telemma. That's true to Telemic. And recently, I started this one called The Thought Thorough Introduced. Which is a class not on the tarot, but not so much about reading the cards, about what what is the tarot supposed to be in Telemach. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's a series of of formula, specific Telemic formula. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been successful. They always, they always sell out. So uh, from that point, and uh, from 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 that from that feedback from people that were coming to these events and uh, people that were reading my um, my articles online on my website. Um, Lots of people were like, well, we would like to do more, we would like to try and, and learn more. So I started this Patreon page and on patreon.com slash Marco Visconti. And I ran it between uh, March and then September. So six months, so yes. Uh where I had basically uh, 20 students at various various levels of Patreon, pretty much. And um we I think we did a good very good work uh on and Pretty much what I was doing there is was almost like a what I, what was taught me in an um, in an AA setting and that, the AA is not alcoholics anonymous as some might think yeah. <laughs> but is uh, the other uh, thelemic order along with the order of appearance which which have been an initiative of since 1998 some time um, and then I decided to uh, to close that experience of six months the patron is still exists but there's only like one entry level uh, Five pounds a month, because now I'm just writing uh, a series of articles of of various kinds, and of course, uh, um, people on the Patreon can can access to. Mm -hmm. And as of last week, I finally started to put together this YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. where I will do the same, but in uh, in in a a YouTube form. Because we're in 2020; it's the future. You gotta be uh, on YouTube (laughs) in order to, to promulgate even more. Mm-hmm. uh so this is this is where people can find me and um i i'm also i also have another project in the pipeline and that is collating all these experiences in in a book oh, that uh, that i just i just started writing and i believe it if anything goes as it should do it should it should, it should be done by the end of the Maybe maybe at the end of the 2020, maybe a bit early, but I would I, I you know you know I promised the person uh, uh like last week that it would be ready in a in a year's time, mm-hmm. and I'm already like biting my nails and thinking oh my god what did I, what did I do <laughs> so so yeah pretty much I, I I have work to do now so that's where people can find me um I have a very I mean. I am out in and out of Facebook. I try to, to be as deactivated as Facebook as I can because, yeah. despite I, mean, I was, I was being an early adopter of everything in social media, but now I'm like, nah, we get to points where we like Zuckerberg it doesn't need my my data, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like with Google we're being any better, but Google is just tiny better. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I ditched Facebook about 18 months ago and I did the full delete, and it was one of those ones I really didn't notice the difference although i am glad um, phil hein came on twitter because one of my favorite things on facebook was phil's dream diaries They're oh right. wow yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i feel, feel, feel,
1: feel, feel i mean we we, we we maybe we should do something like uh like another another of this thing but with him as well because it's yeah, funny of phil is a great friend mm. and it for, for me he was really like one of the reasons why i even got into magic in the 90s you know started reading mm. his books but we almost don't agree on anything. <laughs> <So> it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, we have, oh, we don't agree. Okay, okay. When, um, it's so funny because I, he was among, among one of the people that I invited to um, this public programmation of the noses mm-hmm. that we did in, on the 23rd, twenty one, twenty third September, 2018, uh, to reactivate Cousinoste Universalis. Maybe we can talk about this another time. And he came along and he, he stayed. And then at the end, I was like, "Oh, we're still, you still, you're still losing your time with all that Victorian new club trap that makes no sense." <laughs> I was like, "All right, thank you, Phil. I love you too." <laughs> but I, what I love about him is that he he, he he doesn't mean the words. like he tells you he tells you what it is. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> awesome. Um, but that's, that's it. A, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, really, really enjoyed chatting to you. It was fantastic to catch up, and you there. Uh, certainly joined a load of dots for me i really appreciate it was, uh, thank
1: you so much it's been a pleasure thank you so much
0: well there you have it that was a lot of fun um i hope you enjoyed that there was some really fantastic insight from marco there uh, hopefully we'll get him back soon um if you want to find out more more from marco his link to his youtube channel is in the notes and his Patreon as well. So do yourself a favour and go and subscribe. That's it from me. Uh, I'll be back in the new year with some more videos. i got some great guests lined up. And um, have a fantastic Christmas in the year. Take care.